Hey, my name's Emma. Hey, my name's Maddie. And you're listening to The Pilot's Pandemic. All right, guys, welcome back to this week's episode. You're here with me, Emma, and Miss Maddie. Say what's up, Maddie. Hey, guys. So we're back this week, and we are going to touch on a bit of a sensitive subject, but um, I feel it's super important that we do so because in light of the recent event, we have received a lot of signatures and there has been a major boost and uptick of following for the petition for the podcast etc so um we wanted to get up here today and just kind of discuss that whilst also being you know sensitive to the family right now um you know we've been asked not to speculate uh but we're not really speculating. We're just going to kind of be giving you guys the facts, um, basically what we know right now. So um, you guys have all probably heard, because I talked about it on the last episode, but on Monday, I think it was October 18th. Hold on, guys. Let me get a, a concrete date for you. I wrote down Monday and I wrote down the time, but of course, I didn't write down the <laughs> the date, the date, which is very typical of me. Okay, so it was the 18th, I believe. Yep. So on Monday, the 18th of October, um, a student at the University of North Dakota died in a plane crash. Um, so, quote the U- the University of North Dakota plane went down at about 8:30 p.m. Monday in a field near the Trail County community of Buxton um in the northwest or the northeast North Dakota so in northeast North Dakota according to the highway patrol um the Grand Forks based student was identified the victim was identified as 19-year-old John Hosser I think that's how you say his last name guys but Y'all will have to forgive me. Reading this stuff is, it's like, it's just a mouthful. And it's also super sad. Um, But so the victim was 19 years old. He was a student pilot majoring in commercial aviation. He was from Chicago. Um, Guys, you're going to see student pilot used a lot here. And student pilot tends to, to get used as kind of a, just a way of identifying a pilot that is still in school or is still training. Um, but in this case, John was a student pilot, but he did have his um, private pilot's license. So just want to make that pretty clear. And also moving forward, you guys, I just want to read a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, those who have any information that might be relevant to the National Transportation Safety Board investigation may contact them by their email um and the email is one word witness so w-i-t-n-e-s-s at n-t-s-b dot gov um so if you if anyone is out there listening and you know something um give them a shout so if it does help the investigation now guys don't just 
this isn't the time for you to go and send the NTSB a bunch of like mad emails. That's not what we're saying. We're saying if you know something about this investigation that could be prevalent to the investigation, please contact them there. Um, but we're going to get into this a little bit further. Again, you know, Maddie and I, our, our platforms have really kind of, I don't know, there's definitely been an uptick in activity, wouldn't you say, Maddie? Yeah, we've had a lot of people just, like, coming into our DMs, signing the petition is a big one. We've probably had around a 1,000 signatures on the petition since Monday, since um, John had that fatal crash. Um, So, really, I feel like it's thanks to him that this movement has taken off. But then also, you know, on our own platforms and the Pets pandemic, it has taken off as well. So, Uh, We know that he has really sparked a lot of attention in the mental health arena for aviators. Definitely. Well, so what we know is the UND flight instructor told Star Tribune. Is that how you say that? Star Tribune? I've never seen that before. Star Tribune. Star Tribune. Okay. Star Tribune that John, um, he had met John at the Grand Forks airport and signed him off, quote, signed him off that night for a solo flight. He was time building, end quote. Um, so nothing out of the ordinary. Um, going out to time build, that's common if he was either getting his commercial license or his IFR license. Pretty much anything that you're going to be doing as far as like, being a student pilot and working your way up to CFI, it's all like pretty much time building. So that's not really uncommon. Again, guys, there have been some people saying like, oh, well, why, you know, why would you sign off a student pilot to go fly at night? He was a private pilot, guys. So there are no restrictions um, for a private pilot to fly at night. So I do just want to make that clear because I don't want anyone to place blame on the CFI. But his CFI said he was going to arrive at the Fargo airport and, quote, do a couple of landings and come back to Grand Forks, end quote. The fatal crash was involving the the last fatal crash that UND has had was 2007. So and that crash, as far as we know, that wasn't really related to any kind of mental health um from what i've read that was it was an instructor and a student that were killed after colliding with geese so sad but um und has had a student suicide in 2000 a aviation student died when he crashed the uh, und twin engine plane in Rapid City, North Dakota. Um, Authorities suspect he had taken his own life. So it's not the first time, if this was self-inflicted, it's not the first time that UND has seen this before. And the only reason why I'm bringing that into this conversation is because they have a, um, a fund that they've done in memory for John. And guys, if friends... You know, if friends or people desire, you can send in lieu of flowers, you can send contributions to the John A. Hauser Mental Health and Aviation Initiative. Um, And we're going to link that link will be in the podcast description below. So and that was set up by UND themselves, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah, yep. 
It was. And so that is really the only reason why I'm bringing that into this discussion is because UND has created that um, fund. So it kind of, I don't know if, I don't really know what they mean by that, but, you know, again, we're not here to speculate, but it is a factor in this. And again, like Maddie said, we've seen such an, such a rise in signatures on the petition and people coming to our page and people thanking us for creating the petition. I've seen people linking the petition and comments where people are talking about this. So those people, thank you. We see you. Thank you. Um, but again, that's why we are talking about this. And also, you know, Maddie, you have a little bit of personal experience when it comes to this kind of thing. Yeah, I, um, the whole speculation thing, I don't feel like we're speculating because, um, we're just saying like John has really sparked this mental health movement, but as someone who has had their father pass away in a plane crash, he was piloting, um, and a similar plane, um, he was flying a Piper Cherokee, um, and not knowing like really what happened to him because the NTSB came back and reported it was a pilot error, but that doesn't give the family any closure. And still to this day, it's been nine, almost 10 years now that he's been gone. We still don't know what happened to my father. We still are like, well, while the NTSB says it was pilot error, there's no indication of any error that he made. He just kind of descended below the clouds and crashed into the trees um and there was no call for help or anything like that so it is difficult to be um pc about things um and especially about crashes but i guarantee you that family is is has so many questions about what happened to their son and if anyone knows him or has personal stories about john i'm sure that they are not going to be upset that people are telling them um and again, we're not speculating. We're just saying John has really sparked this mental health movement. Like we've seen a huge spike in petition signatures and just coming out and saying, like, thank you for talking about mental health. So um, honestly, it's just talking about is a good thing. We need to have these conversations. The NTSB would love for us to be quiet. They have ways of covering things up and it's really easy for them to just say oh it's pilot error because there's no questions when you just say pilot error there's no liability like if you say a pilot crash because of their mental health there's questions like the public is going to be like hey like what's going on this isn't safe why are these pilots having mental health issues like you don't see that on an NTSB report I don't know the last time that I've ever seen the NTSB put mental health problems or mental health issues with a pilot when they crash. Yeah. I mean, it's normally if, if they come to that conclusion, it's mostly always, you know, suicide pilot suicide, but even then it kind of suicide, it, especially in regular, like, you know, day to day, like crime that you see in the general public suicide still then it's just kind of like a closed book um mm-hmm. once you mark something down as suicide and i don't know if it equates when they investigate um aviation crashes but it's kind of like from there they're not really going to do much more to investigate that situation and to me 
after just seeing his flight path and um, reading the little that we have, I have a lot of questions. Um, so I know that just me alone as, as a pilot myself, I know his parents, depending on, you know, we don't know if they're keen to aviation or if they're related to aviation, but I know his family has questions. And if this was an infliction of self-harm, then we definitely need to be having this conversation because it's just one more victim of the FAA continuing to ignore something that needs to be talked about. They need to have an opinion about it, not just an Instagram post. They need to come out and say, hey, we see that this is happening. We're acknowledging it and something is going to change. We are going to set place pathways for our aviators to be able to seek help for not just mental health, but their physical health in a way that doesn't compromise their integrity or their well-being or their livelihood. But the, the FAA has done nothing to come out and get on board with any of this. And again, we're not speculating. We're not saying that this, this was pilot suicide, but if it is, this opens the door to a whole new conversation and hopefully will cause some meaningful change in the aviation industry. Yeah. And I don't, I honestly don't see a problem in having a conversation about these things. Not having a conversation is just exactly what the FAA would want because like I feel speculation causes conversation And those conversations need to be had. Like one of our big things is that we want you guys talking to your family members and to your loved ones and telling them like, hey, this is a problem in aviation. Because as long as the public doesn't know, then it's not a big deal for the FAA to want to do anything about it. But when the public starts to care about aviators and their mental health, the FAA has to like cater to them. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's definitely traversing, like, like making that bridge from this very, very niche community to a whole world of people that really have no clue what the hell is going on in this industry right now. Then I beg to say that a lot of regular people really just don't care. Um, And we see a lot of that these days, people People want to care about certain things for certain reasons, but I feel like a lot of people just advocate for things for selfish reasons, but it's just like, and also the thing with aviation is it's so hard to understand any of it. I mean, like looking at it from someone's point of view who has no experience in aviation, doesn't have any family in aviation, half of this stuff is gibberish. Like it's a whole new, it feels like a whole new language. When yeah. you say Maddie, like it's kind of hard. Yeah. It's, it's intimidating too. I, I totally think that. And then I think that just the flying public, they just look at line pilots as overpaid bus drivers. So even mm-hmm. trying to advocate for health um, and mental health and aviation, they're like, they don't care there's no reason for them to care because they just want their cheap ticket and to get from point A to point B. And we've been seeing that with all the passenger outrage, like the respect uh, in aviation is almost gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it kind of leads me into the, that, that stigma of 
every pilot is we, we, well, we don't care because every pilot is well off. Oh, well, they make a ton of money. Look at this flashy lifestyle. They get to fly around the world like they have the best life ever. And I think there's a lot of that attitude. But what people don't understand is you're really working your ass off to get to a point where you are making decent money and where you are able to live comfortably. But even if you're living comfortably, that shouldn't be cause to not like everyone's mental health matters. You know what I mean? Like, and and nobody should live in any amount of fear. You know, the, the student pilot at UND that crashed in 2000, they think he took his own life because he had been charged with a, his second drunk driving offense earlier that day. I'm pretty sure, which would have made it difficult for him to get a flying job. So, which, and you don't want people who are, you know, drinking and driving and, and, you know, flying. But at the same time, we don't know how young this, this guy was. We don't know if this was a kid. We really don't know. And these people are so young. They're bound to make mistakes. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying that you drink and drinking and driving is not cool. You shouldn't freaking do that. Um, I get it. But the point I'm trying to make is like this person made a mistake and that mistake weighed so heavy on him and the consequence of not being able to pursue a career in aviation was cause enough for him to take his own life and same I feel like same with my uncle because my uncle had already disclosed that he was not okay and he knew from there it was pretty much like the process of me trying to get my job back I don't know if I'll ever even be able to get it back. I don't know what my life is worth living for is I guess that thought process. And that's sad as fuck, like sad as shit. Um, Excuse my French, but (laughs) it's just, it, it makes me think about, you know, what are these people thinking? What are they going through? What are those final thoughts? You know what I mean? And Again, we're not speculating. We're not saying that John took his own life. Um, there's still so much that we don't know, but it's it's sad to think if that is the situation, hopefully the FAA will open up their eyes to this problem and realize that something has to change because people are literally dropping out of the sky. Like when you look yeah. at his flight path, it's like he just dropped out of the sky. I, there's so many different things that could have happened, whether or not they were mental health related or not. But we, we feel like it is, like Maddie said, it's important to have these conversations because even though they've asked us not to speculate, what are we going to do if we don't speculate? Sit here and just forget that this ever happened, not talk about it. Uh, not again, talk about what? it for yeah. two years until the NTSB report comes out because that's, an, I know initially it said like t- in 10 days from, from the crash that they'll come out with some details about the crash. Um, whether they release like the recordings up front, I don't know, but it doesn't matter because it still says it'll take two years for a full investigative report to be done. So it's like, okay, two years from now, John's going to be forgotten about. Sadly, there are going to be other pilot suicides because we're still not tackling the issue. Again, we're not saying John committed suicide, but if that were the case, two years from now, it's going to come out and we're still stuck where we're at with no mental health care for pilots so it's just really driving home that this crash even if we don't know what has happened is pushing the mental health for pilots movement 
a lot farther than before his crash. And guys, we're we're not flight engineers or aviation engineers. You know, we we do understand that you know this kind of stuff does take a while to investigate. There's when you look at this kind of situation, you can see that it's extremely hard to just like you can't just look at a pile of and and when you look at the report, the report literally says destroyed like it it was nothing but rubble and how are you supposed to skim through i mean it takes time it does take time granted but again we're not gonna sit back and not talk out of fear of speculation because we'll just forget that's part of the reason i started this podcast was i i felt like i wanted something good from everything that has happened to my family, I wanted something good to be able to come out. Of it. And I also didn't want the memory of my father and my uncle to be forgotten because they had this long, incredible life and it was cut short because of just failure of failure to failure to, I don't even know how to explain that. Just terrible freaking policies, terrible yeah. policies. And I mean, I'm not blaming the FAA for what happened to my dad and my uncle, but in the same way, I kind of am because I saw the amount of fear that my dad lived in every single day. And it is part of the reason why he died. He also died as a result of what happened to him under the care of an FAA board doctor. So do with that what you will. But if I would have just sat here and never said anything about it and been too afraid there wouldn't be a petition and we wouldn't be so close to finally possibly being seen by congress so yeah like for me i'm just like trying to think back how i felt when my dad passed away in his plane crash um and he was flying it was very similar to john's um crash and that he was flying a very short commute jono degustavis he was he was going to pick up passengers though. Um, and he just kind of descended below the clouds. He had said where he was going right before and then never had like a mayday call, nothing. Um, and just thinking about when that happened, all I wanted to know was like all the different factors that could have played into his plane crash. Like what was, was he sick? Was he not feeling well? Um, I thought about like his medical history, like, did he pass out in the cockpit? Was he disoriented by the, by the weather? Um, I asked the guy that he flew for, that was his boss, like, how, wouldn't he know if he was going to crash into the trees? Isn't there like a, you know, like a signal? And so I was asking all these questions because like I said, when the NTB, NTSB comes back and says pilot error that's not closure for anyone um and still to this day I'm still like I have no idea what happened to my father why he crashed the plane um and I'm certain I never will know but it doesn't mitigate the circumstance of me asking other aviators what they think I still speculate about it I still ask people what they think happened yeah yeah well, and it's like pilot errors. That's just such a broad, that's a broad term again. Yeah. Like I, there's so that, that could mean so many different things. Um, 
But guys, like, again, I would definitely suggest if you wanted to, to, um, you know, donate to this, the, the, the donations for John um, for that mental health and aviation initiative. So do that again. That'll be linked in the description below. And um, UND is offering support to their students who would like counseling. Um, so I don't, I don't know if there are any UND students out there who are listening to this right now, but they are Avail- they are offering crisis sessions for at any time between Monday and Friday from 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Um, in addition to that, I believe they have um, I believe they have resources for their employees and faculty as well. And I'm going to link all the information for that in the podcast description below. So there will be like a few resources, guys, for you below um but again we're not speculating and please do be respectful towards john and his family at this time again this is this is really really sad and i think sometimes you know i I know myself i don't know if maddie feels this way but sometimes you can almost be jaded by your own trauma so i don't want anyone to think oh how are these how are these people so easily able to talk about this kind of stuff oh like I don't want anyone to think that because these are things, A, like we've said, they they need to be discussed. And B, when you've been through grief or you've had people close to you pass, I think it does give you a little bit of insight to um, what that process looks like. And also it allows you to be able to speak more confidently about things that are a little bit more sensitive, a little bit more hush-hush. So... Yeah. Um, we're going to get into, we had two listener questions after this, so keep on listening for that. But again, you guys just be respectful towards his family at this time. And Maddie, if there's anything else that you'd like to add. Um, I think, yeah, you guys, like this is such a hard topic to talk about very emotionally, um, induced, like it induces a lot of emotions. Um, but I do definitely understand exactly how that family feels. And I just send out my own condolences to them personally. I am so sorry. And uh, we are grateful, though. Um, their son has really pushed this movement. And I think that's something that if they do hear, that token is huge because pilots everywhere want mental health and they want that care. And so if that's one thing that his crash did is that it just pushed this movement so much farther than it would have gone. And we're grateful for that. Yeah. Well, rest in peace, John. Um, Again, guys, I'm going to link everything in the podcast description below. So please, if you would like, no donation is too small. So thank you guys. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Maddie, how much more time do you have? You don't have much more time. No, I got got, um, an hour. Okay, do you want to do some listener questions? I think you had yeah. a good one. I have one um, okay. that I got in the DMs, and let me just paint it up. It and yeah, guys, is... we're going to try and start doing um, like some Q&As, or if you want to like write in your story or something you want us to tell on the show that maybe you're not confident to say yourself, but you'd like other people to hear, um, we can tell your story completely anonymous. Um, and we keep, uh, uh, like, this is one thing I said in the beginning, like in season one, we keep everything anonymous until you say not to keep it anonymous. So unless you specifically say, I want you to say my name, um, we're not going to include your name or any kind of details that would specifically link to you to what you told us or what you said. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all about the confidentiality because we totally understand it. So the question I have is, Uh, do you think the rules regarding pilot mental health will change as the pilot shortage becomes worse? So Emma, do you want to give your two cents? Yeah. So I mean, definitely, I mean, we're, we're looking at like, I mean, if they don't, I mean, it's kind of hard because it's like in one, in what sense are they referring to I know recently the big thing has been the COVID the vax mandate um and Mm -hmm. that is being seen in a lot of different industries guys like last the last episode when we talked about that part of the reason we talked about that is because it's being talked about in every single industry right now um you know we're gonna see that trend happen a lot um again not anti-vax. I'm just giving you the news. Like that is just facts. Um, so I don't know if they're specifically talking about the vax mandate, but I think as far as that, you're definitely going to see a decline in people. Hopefully it's not that much. I think it'll be like, there's probably going to be a handful of people, but I do think the pilot shortage is going to get worse just because there has been really no change as far as, um, aid for any kind of flight training. Uh, I'd say right now, if you had to estimate the current cost of flight training, you're looking at about $100,000. So that is not, and that's like out of pocket guys. Like they they have, so there's Sally Mae there's a a few others where you can get loans, but granted these are loans, you got to pay them back. Um, And it is very hard to get approved for those loans. I've spoken to so many people. I myself, they are hard to freaking get. Um, yeah, they just their approval rate too. Yeah, I've had a friend get denied. I'm like, why? You know, yeah. he's, got a, he's already working, so yeah, I mean, he's a, a good paying job that could pay off his student loan, but they didn't approve him. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also have to posit a few things that I think about the pilot shortage um, and why it may push mental health to be looked at by the FAA. Like it may be a contributing factor because the reason we have the pilot shortage is there's a couple things. So military pilots can't come to general aviation or civil like airlines like they used to they used to be able to get out of the military and come straight to the airlines after four years of service now they have to serve for 10 
So they usually yeah. don't come out. So now airlines don't have um, that, that downstream from the military to the airline. So that's been usurped. And then we have mass retirements from COVID happening. So now there's major hiring process happening, but then we have a bunch of pilots dealing with mental health too at the same time because the pandemic has just highlighted all these mental health issues among aviators. So if you're gonna deny pilots for their mental health issues, that also is another avenue that you've totally crossed off for and we're still dealing with pilot shortages. So I think all of those things together kind of play into it as well. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's, I mean, really, it's just going to keep on getting worse. Like unless the FA does something, it's really only going to keep declining. And, you know, a lot of people want to speculate and talk about, oh, well, we're going to get to the point where we won't even need pilots. So they'll just have AI. Um, I do not see a world within the next like 50 to 100 years where anyone's going to be cool with that like really truly no. like guys like we just and and it, 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 it's so funny to me when people like actually bring that up as an argument um because we just now like i mean yes they're they've had cars that have driven themselves for a while but we just now have a legal like a road legal car the tesla that can drive itself and that even has like so many it's limitations yeah. yeah like you have so, to have your hands on the wheel yeah it, and and it's just like so that is not a scenario and so it's like they're not gonna they're not gonna okay jack jack andre oh that's jack jack and he's like he has a lot to say on this topic don't you bud (laughs) um yeah but i mean that's not a situation that the fa i like i'm not the fa i don't you know what i mean but they're not that's not even a possible situation so unless they change something they won't have any pilots and what that's going to look like is what you said having more avenues to get pilots so like just adhd for example so many freaking kids have adhd and that is one where people are having to back like do back flips through hoops to be able to just get a third class medical for having been diagnosed with ADHD when they were like four or five years old yeah so unless they change the current cost of flight training or create some kind of like aid like that's the other thing is it's not looked at like traditional education it's looked at like technical school but you can't get any kind of financial aid for it Um, even with, even with like your ground, like the ground half that you need to know, and you do spend a lot of time and money on ground school. So it's like, it's just, mm, I, that's, that's, I I can't even remember what he asked. Did, do we think there's going to be change? I mean, they're going to have to change. I do. I do. I think because of the pilot shortage and all the factors that come into the pilot shortage or play into it. Um, that they will have to look at ways to mitigate that. And one of the ways to mitigate it is stop bottlenecking special issuances and let fucking pilots fly and allow them to get the medical help that they need. Because it's not only pilots with mental health issues, it's pilots with heart issues and pilots with sleep problems. You know, like there are more issues than pilot mental health that people are not getting their special issuances on time and they should be flying and the FAA is just sitting uh, like on their hands and allowing these pilots to just 
stay at home when they could be flying. So I think it will will come to a head, but it won't be the only reason that the FAA changes its pilot mental health ish, um, policies. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, geez, that's like a, that's a long, so many conversations that I could build off of that one question alone. And guys, <laughs> let us know, like, if you'd like us to talk more about, like, we talk about a lot, a lot about like the airline side of it, but let us know if you want us to talk about kind of more of like what it looks like to start flying, how to get into school and um, what could be some things holding you back or what are disqualifiers of getting your medical. I think so many people don't really know like what you what you should and shouldn't say or what really truly you're supposed to disclose and what you don't have to disclose um and just kind of like navigating those waters um let us know if you want to talk about that more I'm very like one thing that we haven't talked about is I'm super passionate about like I wish I I have like all these passions and all these dreams but I wish that I could like I wish I could snap my fingers and make it better but just the cost of flight training. It is so, oh my God. It's, it, it's, and it's heartbreaking because there's so many people where like their only freaking dream is that. And these are like able, willing people. And the only thing that's holding them back is money. Yeah. It's, so. um, it's a frustrating thing. Like with pay, like, cause I know if when I was growing up, my mom would have never been able to pay for me to go to flight school. She would have just told me like, you had to pick something else to do. Um, I mean, granted she did allow me to do some things that were super expensive, like going to out of state college. But I think if, it, when it comes to flight training, that, that cost is like so huge that it doesn't seem like you would ever be able to pay off the debt. And so, um, I can understand why people just say, I can't, I can't do this. And, and that's sad. Cause like you said, there are all these willing and able people who are smart and would be dedicated to the profession and probably make amazing aviators, but they yeah. just can't break and afford it. And that's not fair. Yeah. Not at all. And oh God, ugh, I hate that. That makes me upset. But moving off of that subject, I did get asked a question and I'm going to, mm. I'm going to let you give your two cents but um which it was the question was as a pilot what do you think the most important thing the airline should focus what do you think is the most important thing the airline should focus on but I I am a pilot but also like I'm I'm not like that closely even though my dad and my uncle this that and the other I'm not that closely affiliated to the airline so I wanted you to kind of give your two cents on that what do you think the airlines like what's the most important thing they should focus on right now for in regards to pilot mental health I guess I mean um yeah yeah or you know what just well, we in regards to everything right now just currently like I guess in regards um, to mental health is what I'm I assuming. guess in aviation it's been difficult with the pandemic especially like the pandemic has really exacerbated a lot of the issues for pilots like uh, pay standards and um, you know crew scheduling and how they use them and max utilization of their time and um, their schedules just being uh, max utilized as well so um, for me I would love 
if companies would pay more attention to pilot mental health because I, what one of the things that me and my husband were talking about before this podcast, I went on a little walk with him, but we were talking about like COVID has really brought about all these mental health issues for everyone. And why are we seeing all these passenger outbreaks? Like it's not only the passengers. I'm sure that the crew also kind of ignites that fire and both of them come to a head because they're both dealing with the harsh reality that no one cares about their mental health and they're in these stressful environments. And the only way they have the ability to say anything is through like them fighting and coming into a fight and it becoming this explosive thing or um, they unload their traumas on people that they shouldn't be unloading their traumas on. Um, they're, they're doing things that are not normal. And the companies really have not come out and addressed mental health at all during the pandemic. Yet, it's being talked about on many other mental health platforms that America is dealing with like exorbitant amounts of mental health issues. Yeah. And and it's not only the airlines that are not dealing with mental health, it's every industry because we've just put mental health on a back burner. We've stigmatized it. We've made it into this thing like, oh, it's not a big deal, you know, but it is a big deal and it's causing a lot of problems. And especially in the aviation industry, like just the the blatant disrespect among every work group um, because oh, we're I know. all tired. From every side. From every yeah, side. From every the last side. time I flew, like, I mean... Like, I'm not saying this is all flight attendants. I know y'all get it bad, but also on that side of things, I have been treated, like, there are some flight attendants within this past year that are just, like, so damn grouchy. Like, they are just mean to freaking be mean. They are pissed off. They're annoyed. And I don't blame them because they're having to deal with people that literally cannot take any kind of sense of authority like just put your mask on come on sweetie like you went to the freaking (laughs) you drove yourself there just put on the freaking mask but it's like uh, so I get it why they're pissed off and they're annoyed but at the same time it's like they 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 have reason to be annoyed but then they're annoyed at the passengers then the passengers are pissed off because they're like we paid all this money why the hell are you treating me like shit and then you have yeah an escalation yeah, and then the flight attendants are pissed at the pilots because the pilots get to be locked up in the front. And the pilots are pissed at the flight attendants because the flight attendants haven't given them, you know, the pilots are so concerned about their routine. They're like, well, oh, my flight attendant didn't bring me my meal at this time, or they don't care, or they gave my meal away to the to the first class passenger, and now I don't have a crew meal, and now I'm pissed at the flight attendant. And it's just all that negative energy plays off of each other. And we have to remember that, like, if you have negative vibe, the person across from you is probably going to have a negative vibe too and that energy just starts spreading Mm -hmm. it's the frequency baby it's the frequency and that is so true like when maddie and i talk about like a vibe or like affirmations like or the Mm -hmm. synergy like it is so legit like you can't lie like if you boil it down to just what it is if somebody's pissed off and they're in a bad mood and you have to be working with them one-on-one with them for a while you're gonna get pissed off too Darren freaking yeah. Tia worked retail. I've worked retail and I've worked customer service for five plus years. And if you work with somebody else and they have a shitty attitude, you're going to cop a shitty attitude off of them. Like for it's sure. just, that is the emotion of the ocean. So, yeah. And they don't really, and like you said, you're talking about meals. It's just like, there's so many different reasons to be stressed. And I feel like there's so much more that the airlines could do 
for these pilots to make their day-to-day or really honestly their hour by hour so much less stressful but yeah there's just not like I don't know I mean you know a lot more about that life than I do but it's just like uh, companies like their main goal is to just like make the shareholders happy so everything is all about money and cost and they're always trying to cut costs and they're always trying to make a profit and they don't really factor in quality of life for the pilot or for the cabin crew like really they don't care about you even like so I don't really like tribalism either for airlines like when they're like oh I fly for southwest or I fly for American I'm like cool it doesn't really matter because everybody is a pilot at the end of the day and if you think about it um when you need something to happen at your job you have to come together with your union which is all the pilots and it's not on Mm -hmm. behalf of your company you know your company's the one that you're fighting against usually for workers rights And so um, the tribalism is kind of what keeps pilots from moving forward sometimes because they're like, well, I fly for the best airline. And it's like, well, at the end of the day, if you do anything uh, that's against the airline's will that they don't agree with, they're just going to boot you. So they don't really care about you. You're just another number. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and the way that, and you know, you know, you think they'd have more regard when back to the first question there is such a shortage so you think you'd have like more of a sense of um just duty to your to your employee um instead of just treating them like another number but they do they really get treated like another number and it's funny to me that they're treated that way because within their own industry it's so tight-knit like everyone knows each other like I have been throughout this whole thing been connected with so many people that knew my dad and like it's just wild to me how like woven the whole community is within these different airlines and within these different you know parts of these airlines but at the same time the airlines are like so far removed from that it's like it's it's weird it's weird to me yeah. it's like it's like having a big bad principle or something like like it's just uh, mm, i can't <laughs> talk much on that one though because again like yeah. i only have that experience from and through my dad so it's really hard for me to give like definitive answers to those kinds of questions but maddie i think you explained that pretty perfectly Yeah, I think, like, for the main part, like, I think companies are going to start focusing on mental health because of the pandemic and because of the pilot shortage. Um, And also, the other thing that I haven't even really touched on is that there are more women coming into aviation and there are more people of color coming into aviation. There are more LGBTQIA people coming into aviation. So the demographics are changing. And Mm -hmm. if we think about, yeah, which is a good thing, like, we want that to happen. We want more of that in aviation but we have to remember that the FAA made these medical standards in the 60s and they've been made by white males so they're not Mm -hmm. they're made for males they're not made for the demographics that are up and coming so in that way I also feel that um, the standards are discriminatory which most people don't think about We'll wrap up this episode and just kind of remind you guys of the the 
giveaway for the petition, which yeah. I think we're gonna hit our goal, guys. Like if y'all keep on going like you have been, we're definitely gonna hit our goal. Um, yes. But basic rundown for that. We're doing a little, Maddie is actually doing a $200 cash incentive giveaway for her birthday um, to try and get more signatures for the petition. And um, that's, Maddie, what do you want for your birthday? I want 7,500 signatures on the petition by November. November 15th is my birthday, I'm gonna be 33. My goal is to get that 7,500 because we will be able to send that to our decision maker, which we hope will be seen in Congress. And that's a big thing, guys. Like the petition, we want it to be seen by congressional leaders. That That is yeah. our thing. That's the goal. So um, 7,500 signatures is the next goal that we have. And all you guys got to do is go in there and sign it for one entry. Or you can donate a dollar. For every dollar you donate, it's one entry into the raffle. Um, we will draw the raffle on November 13th and we'll announce it November 15th, but we will anonymously um, announce it. So we're not gonna tell people who won because we don't want an aviator to feel that everyone knows they signed the petition. Um, Again, we're all about confidentiality. If you want us to tell people you won, we will do that on our platform. Yep, yep. So guys, you heard the woman, all she wants is that 7500. So (laughs) please keep on signing, keep on sharing, um everyone has really honestly truly I'm I'm beating a dead horse at this point but you guys are freaking awesome and we are so grateful for all the signatures that we have gotten over the past week so keep it up and yeah that's that's it for right now and again guys just um be respectful during this time again like they said don't speculate um just really the main thing is don't be disrespectful disrespectful towards the victim or the victim's family um because that's not cool so guys again just be nice just be respectful if you wouldn't want somebody to say it to you you shouldn't say it to somebody else so without further ado keep that blue side up and that brown side down.